There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Living life as a gringo Where you question where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this with not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos, of course And it is Thursday, so it means it's time for our Thursday Trends episode I am flying solo on today's show um, And I'm not gonna lie to y'all I am, I feel like complete and utter shit. I have caught something nasty. I probably sound like shit. I know if you're watching the video version of this on the uh, Michael Duda podcast uh, YouTube channel, you know I look like shit right now. I'm pushing through. I'm struggling, but we're going to make it through this episode because I know I took last week off. And then after this, I'm just laying out for the rest of the day. Um, I don't know what the hell I caught, but it's not COVID. Luckily, I took a test, but I don't know. Nasty little bug that is just kicking my ass right now. Um, so many good things happening though. Like yesterday we recorded an interview that I'm gonna bring you, I think, next week. And it was a part of my Just Be Social Club, the mastermind group that I have. Um, the the private group I've talked about a few times and I've shown you some of the conversations that we had and and what we're trying to introduce now is having like a monthly guest speaker and I record like a live podcast and allow the members of the Just Be Social Club to participate and do a live QA. Um, on a variety of different topics. So this topic was further expanding upon, you know, financial literacy, but like on a far deeper, more spiritual level than I think I've ever done before. And it's just like 
about healing and breaking generational curses and getting out of limiting mindsets and all these different things. And it was really powerful. So I'm excited to bring that to y'all. Um, I think we'll do it on Tuesday's episode of next week. And man, this Just Be Social Club thing is just really growing into something really special. There were a few of you who signed up for our waiting list that I invited to be a part of the, the conversation just so you can kind of get a taste of it and also be a part of it. And I really appreciate you guys joining in. Again, if you want to be added to the waiting list, we're going to open up another uh, mastermind group at, at some point once I kind of figure out how to scale it and, and manage it a little bit more and make sure everybody's getting the best you know, uh, value for their time. Um, Brenda at mindofayounglord.com and I'll put it in the show notes. Just email her and say you want to be added to the waiting list for the Just Be Social Club and um, and she'll add you to that. And like we did with this uh, live podcast taping, if there are some free spots, we had some people from the mastermind that couldn't make it. So um, we said, let's just open it up to the people that have been asking about being um, a part of our mastermind group and whoever can make it can make it. And that's what we did. So you know, you getting added to that will invite you into some of these private conversations. And then you can also be a part of the conversation and ask these experts that generally charge thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, you're able to ask them for some advice to help you through whatever it is that you're working on. It's not just going to be financial. It's going to be everything. I want to talk to people who are mental health experts, who are, you know, all kinds of experts, I think, to, to help us live this more well-rounded, fulfilled life that I think we're aiming for. And I'm really going to be putting a lot more effort into the Just Be brand. It's beyond just a book. It's beyond just like cool merch. This is going to be a, a wellness company, specifically speaking to our community. Because the glaring thing that I continue to see, and I've mentioned this so many times, is I never saw people who look like me in these wellness spaces, you know. And this isn't any shame or shade to them, but they do have a bit of a different experience that at times I find myself saying, I can't relate to the way they're speaking about things. You know, there are certain things that they are, you know, making sound very easy that I just know for our community, it's not the case. So I just think this is a really important, important movement that we're starting. Um, we're going to be putting out, you know, free guided meditations and all kinds of different resources to, to really kind of bring you into this world of trying to expand and push yourself beyond just what we were all taught by you know, the, the people that we grew up around, you know, and really just trying to push the culture forward and expand our our minds. And man, we just deserve better at the end of the day, point blank period. So if you haven't yet, um, justbe.nyc is the Instagram handle. It's also the website. Just give us a follow on social media. That's all I'm asking for. I'm really trying to put more attention to this. I just feel called and like compelled to be doing this work right now. So um, I was actually just talking to Brenda, who's um my, my partner in also helps me out with just organizing and, and, you know, kind of virtual assistant stuff. But um, we were just talking about like, yeah, this has to be the focus. This is very special. We're, we've seen it with the private mastermind group. You know, that was kind of the testing ground for, for seeing if we had something. And I want to just be able to bring this on a far bigger you know scale and, and just help people be the best version of themselves and specifically people who look like us. I want us to just excel in this world where there's so much potential um, we just have to kind of get rid of some of those, um, you know, general generational curses that were passed down to us. So that's what we're trying to do with this work. So at justbe.nyc, give that a follow if you can. I appreciate you. And that's it. So now we're going to get into Thursday trends. I'm flying solo because we've had so many different guests. It's just um, easier for me to, to dive into this, particularly in my current state. But I wanted to, to make sure I did not record an episode because, again, we were off last week. And also, there is just some interesting things kind of developing. I've talked a lot about gun violence in this country and how nobody seems to give a shit. 
And there are some things moving forward in Texas. Now, as with anything, it comes with a caveat. So we'll talk about that. But there are some bills being introduced and it's, it's I think, starting to spark a conversation nationally. And we're seeing people really pushing for this on a national level. So I want to touch on a couple of things there. Um, in addition to, to that, we're going to talk about this, this new immigration bill or anti-immigration bill, as it's being called, in Florida. Ron DeSantis is out here wiling and really is just targeting people of color. And now he's, he's targeting immigrants and making it extremely difficult for, for them to live their lives and, and to get you know a, a better life for them and their families. So we're going to dive into that. I also want to talk about this video that I saw of Becky G in the airport in Mexico City, and she was just being like hounded and harassed by paparazzi and fans. And I don't know, man, I, I, I maybe as somebody who has worked in entertainment and music, I have a bit of a soft spot for anybody in the limelight. Um, just because it's like, man, all bets are off the second that you decide you want to do a job that puts you in front of the camera. And then people just think they have free reign to treat you like a fucking object. So it was kind of crazy. The video, I, I want to talk a bit about that to a degree. And then on a positive side of things, we have someone who is teaming up with their family to raise awareness for mental health and also reinvent a product that has traditionally been you know, just terrible for us health-wise and trying to put a healthy spin on it, uh, which I think is incredibly, incredibly important. So we'll talk about that. But first, let's deep dive into, man, just the nonsense, the BS in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say it louder for the people in the back. All right, so in Texas, you have a couple bills being voted on it in order to you know try to combat this gun violence that's been happening. They're trying to make it more difficult for people to get guns, for the wrong people to get guns, right? And a lot of this has been coming after you know relentless protests. Specifically, you have uh, the people of Uvalde, Texas, where that horrific elementary school mass shooting happened, and people are are, are getting fed up and and they're calling for a change and. It seems like at least to a degree, some of the lawmakers are, are listening because you have uh, Texas House lawmakers advancing a, a May 16th bill that would give federal law enforcement more information about Texans who have certain mental health conditions and intellectual disabilities during the routine background checks completed before someone can purchase a gun. So this is expanding the background checks to say, hey, this person trying to buy a gun now we want to be able to look deeper into their history to know if they suffer with some sort of mental health issue um, that, that may hinder them from being a safe gun owner, right? Now, this is Senate Bill 728, and it follows the Federal Bipartisan Safer Communities Act by including information about court's action on someone's mental condition in background checks. This bill would require county clerks to send this information to Texas Department of Safety which would then share it with the Federal National Instant Criminal Background Check System. So I'm throwing a lot at you. But it's the idea of creating a federal system, a nationwide system, that doesn't allow for blind spots to occur, right? So it's the idea that if you have committed a crime in this state or you have um, been deemed somebody at risk because of a mental health crisis or situation or illness, 
this could all be seen by any state in the country. So you can't then go to a state that you don't live in and think that you're going to bypass the the process, right? So this is this is what people have been pushing for for a national database, right? And 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 the importance of being able to keep track of all that is is happening and all that people have done, right? Because the idea that I could just go and move to a state that doesn't know anything about me and then I'm now getting put in possession of this weapon that potentially could hurt a lot of people it just doesn't make any sense. So this is all things that they're, they're trying to advance in, in order to try and make us safer, which I, I genuinely appreciate because I've been somebody who has been a harsh um, critic of the lack of interest from our politicians to actually try and make us safer in some sort of way, right? Now, there's a lot of different things on on this one. Um, I, I think I pulled this from a local Austin uh, ABC affiliates. Um, and, and we'll, I don't want to kind of bore you with all of the details. But what's interesting is that SB 728 was presented in the House by Republican Representative Jeff Leach, who represents Allen, where eight people were killed in an outlet mall on May 6th. So you at least have somebody who is seeing something happen and then taking action, and regardless of the party that he belongs to. I don't give a shit. I want action to happen. This is the type of things I'm talking about is it's not about Republican Democrat. It's about our lives and safety that we can go to a mall and not be in fear of, of being shot and killed in the parking lot. Now, Leach has said that the bill would keep firearms out of the hands of dangerous Texans who do not need to have them. And they're saying as of now, Texas does not have a statewide database to store information about court decisions recording, record, regarding someone's mental illness or intellectual disability. As a result, Leach said the FBI has to contact individual county courts if it needs information for background checks, which obviously prolongs the, the entire process and makes it more difficult. If this bill becomes law, this information would be stored in one place. Um, now, as of the recording of this, it still has not been signed into action by Governor Greg Abbott, which we'll talk about in a second. Because there's another bill that's being um, voted on and actually um, was, was passed by a Texas House panel, and it was to raise the minimum age to purchase semi-automatic rifles in the state of Texas from 18 to 21. Now, as with anything... You know, they're talking about how this bill has a long road before it actually even becomes a law. And that's kind of what I was alluding to when I was talking about um, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas. Because even after the outlet mall shooting that's happened in Allen, Texas, Greg Abbott refused to acknowledge the need for gun control legislation. And this was in an interview with Fox News. Um, and he turned to mental health services as a, quote, long term solution. Now, I'm going to read you a statistic that I was actually shocked by. But first and foremost, I would just like to propose, why can't we do both? Why can't we make it more difficult for people to get guns so that we can possibly stop the bad guys from, from obtaining them? And at the same time, why can't we also provide far more mental health help throughout the, this country? Why can't both things be true? Both are a crisis. Why can't we work on both of them? Both of them are, in, in his argument, a part of the problem. Why can't you do both? If you're saying mental health is the long-term solution, okay. But that means the short-term solution might be to make guns more difficult for people to get. So why can't we do that while you work on figuring out the long-term solution for the mental health crisis in this country? It seems very simple. But again, these people are probably in the pockets of the NRA and they contribute a lot of money to their campaigns or 
their constituents are just a bunch of crazy people who, you know, Second Amendment rats, you know, got to have more guns. And, and what's interesting is this article goes on to say from WeAreMeToo.com, they say a study cited by the National Alliance on Mental Illness reveals that people struggling with mental illness are responsible for just 4% of all violence in the United States. Instead, gun violence often correlates with young men exposed to violence, especially domestic violence, at a young age. According to the Texas Advocacy Project, one in three Texans experienced some form of domestic violence in their lives. In 2021, Texas saw 204 deaths as a result of domestic violence. A recent report involving data from the FBI concluded that Texas is the 11th most dangerous state in the country. All right. So this is all fascinating stuff. So they're saying that mental illness is responsible for just 4% of violence in the United States. People suffer from mental illness. That the biggest correlation is young men who are exposed to violence, uh, especially domestic violence at a young age. So it's hurt people with unhealed trauma, then taking it out on others. This is why things like therapy need to be easily accessible. We have to remove the stigma uh, you know, about someone getting help and talking to someone to talk through their problems, right? And if you're really concerned with mental health crisis and issues and, and that kind of thing, we should figure out a way to make therapy free for those who, who qualify, who can't afford it for themselves. Because obviously what they've gone through is remaining unhealed and is turning into hate. And, you know, it then goes out in, in a form of them taking some sort of action to hurt other people in the same way that they feel that they, they've been hurt, right? It, it's, it's just crazy to me. Like, it's all very simple solutions. It, it's just people are capitalistic and people are all about money. It's the healthcare system not wanting to pay for therapy. They're wanting to gouge you out of every dollar they can. Um, at the same time, it's us as, as human beings just continuously teaching each other the wrong thing over and over again and thinking that vulnerability is weakness. I've talked about this so much on social media recently, but like it's been my kick of like the idea that we celebrate toxic masculinity in so many different ways in culture and that like the kids who are emotionally intelligent or sensitive or nice or, you know, even the men who are, um, they're the ones who are like shit on by society, even though they're the ones who are, are literally like the most evolved <laughs> uh, version of a, of a, you know, human being. And it's just because of these societal standards that we've created of what it means to be a man. It, it's just, it's wild to me. And we all just have to do so much better when it comes to teaching our kids, um, you know, what is respectable and, and what is not at the end of the day. But that's a topic for another conversation. Now feels like a good time though, to take a quick break. I need to get my shit together. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, 
take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. All right, we are back, and I want to touch on this Florida anti-immigration bill, right? So you had Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signing a new sweeping anti-immigration bill that could potentially leave many undocumented immigrants in limbo. So according to the Florida state government website, Bill SB1718 is the, quote, strongest anti-illegal immigration bill in the nation to combat the Biden border crisis, end quote. And it's implementing strict rules that, prohibits the employment, aid, housing, or transport of undocumented immigrants in the state. Undocumented people in Florida have a deadline of July 1st until the new law takes place. Now, you've seen on the news, I'm sure, or social media, like job sites are like empty in Florida because um, immigrants are, of course, nervous about this. They're just either protesting or they're just getting the hell out of Dodge. Um, But this is obviously a person who is like once again, using immigrants and, and and people of color to fuel his presidential campaign hopes, right? He wants to out-Trump Trump. He wants to out-hate Trump, right? He wants to be the ultimate white supremacist running for office, I guess, at the end of the day. That's what all of this stuff is, is performative politics and it's really sad because he's playing with the lives of, of so many people who are just trying to better themselves and their family. And, and under this um, new legislation, undocumented immigrants and those around them can be convicted if caught violating the bill's stipulations, right? Things like uh, even driving an undocumented person into the state of Florida, that could get you 
a felony and up to 15 years of prison. It's just, it, it, it's all types of crazy shit. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. There's a lot of different stipulations in this. They make it a felony to house undocumented people, um, transporting them, as I, as I mentioned. Uh, their bill is requiring now to use E-Verify to check the legal status of employees. Those who fail to comply and use E-Verify will be fined $1,000 per day. So you're attacking small businesses at this point um, and threatening to fine them if they don't comply with this. I mean, the one of the other crazy things was those seeking medical attention in Florida may now have to risk deportation and answer questions about their immigration status. Hospitals will be required to, quote, collect and report health care costs for illegal aliens. Wow. Wow. That that is people are now going to be fearful to get the help they need from a doctor from a hospital because now they have to be reported as far as their immigration status and them going to get help for their ailment may put them at risk for deportation. That's so fucking cruel and just like inhumane. And this is the type of shit that like really gets me down because you talk about how as human beings in the modern world are we still so fucking cruel? Like, you could have your different viewpoints and you could be trying to figure out a solution to this, this I don't know, crisis, whatever you want to call it, this issue. But it doesn't mean that you then have to throw humanity out the window in the process. Right? This is like a competition of who can be the most cold and heartless because it's just unnecessary. You're telling people put your life at risk by not going to a hospital for an ailment because it might lead to your deportation. That's just unnecessary. And it's sad. And I'm sure we're going to see cases where all types of crazy things have happened to people because they refuse to get medical treatment out of fear of deportation or some sort of back alley medical treatment which again puts their life at risk. It's just, I don't know, incredibly sad. Incredibly sad. Even think about like giving birth and things like that. We already live in a country where the maternal um, death rate is higher than it should be for a developed country. Imagine this now. Are, are pregnant women going to be scared to go to the hospital to give birth now? And, and they're going to just try and do it at home to avoid potentially deportation for their family? <sighs> These are things that, like, I'm like, man, it's a really fucked up world we live in. But, you know, we're good. I'm going to stop here because I'm just getting frustrated. Let's, um, let's move on to something that's a little bit lighter, but I think is, is important to talk about. And I apologize, I sound so nasally right now, but we're, we're pushing through. So I want to quickly touch on the story of um, airport paparazzi harassing and mobbing Becky G. Um, and being very disrespectful. So there was, like, a news story that broke out that, her fiance, who's a soccer player, allegedly cheated on her. Um, and, you know, we don't know what's going on with the engagement, blah, blah, blah. So she was in Mexico City over the weekend at the airport. And I don't know, if you've seen this video, it, it's so wild to me and like just makes me remind myself I have zero interest whatsoever in being like actually famous or dating somebody famous or maybe even being the friend of somebody famous because. It's insane. They are literally surrounding her. There are paparazzi tripping over each other. People are falling on the floor. Their cameras getting knocked down. There are random girls sticking cell phones in her face trying to get a selfie, like sneaking around her security and things like that. Like it's so animalistic 
And so I wonder why something like Bad Bunny threw somebody's phone because you, eventually I'm sure you get tired of this shit. Like, there's no, there's no like, I don't know, decency. There's no like human decency of saying, you know what? Yes, this person is a celebrity to a degree. They signed up for this, right? But we still should recognize the humanity in it, right? This is not just like an object. This is a person with real feelings and they're going through whatever they're going through. Let's at least try to treat them with respect. We can both do our jobs. You know, they could do their job and I could do my job as a paparazzi without turning it into this thing where their safety is put at risk. And also, you're just being incredibly disrespectful to somebody's personal life. And then as a fan, it's like, bro, like now is not the time. Like that that picture you're trying to stick in her fucking face, like the phone, like what what are you really getting out of that? Like, again, that's just like ego. I want. I can't wait to go post this shit on my Instagram. Look, I got this close to Becky G. But, but like why? You're invading somebody's privacy, somebody's space. You know what I mean? Like it's just ridiculous. Enjoy the moment. You got to see that celebrity that you like walk by in the airport. That's pretty cool. But why make them feel even more uncomfortable? I don't, I don't know. I mean, and I've never been somebody who's lost their shit about celebrities. You know what I mean? But it, it, it's just, again, we have to recognize the humanity of it. And then B, you publicly are embarrassed by your fiance allegedly cheating on you. And then people are so disrespectful or just screaming questions about him at you in the airport while you're literally just fucking got off a plane and you're trying to get into a car to go to your hotel most likely. Like, it's just wild to me, again, the lack of humanity that we see in so many different spaces in this world. And I don't blame people in general. I think we've created this like lifestyle of sensationalism in this country, in this world, I should say, and this obsession with celebrity an obsession with all the wrong things, essentially, and that we somehow find a way to compartmentalize it and place that obsession above the actual humanity of, of human beings. And I don't, I don't know. It's just um, maybe I'm I'm always looking at these things too deep, but I just don't think these are healthy representations of our culture. And they're not. And I think that they actually sadly are like examples of how fucked up our culture is and how like far off base we are as far as what's actually important. You know, like the idea of human decency and taking that into account above all else, the fact that that's not the norm is what's scary to me. You know, like I've, I've interviewed a lot of celebrities. I've been in rooms with them and things like that. And I've never personally, and maybe this is a detriment to me and, and what I potentially could have done, but I've never personally tried to poke and prod at them in a way that got me some sort of, you know, potential clickbaity headline or social media clout, right? I always approached, how do I connect with them on a, on a real human level one-to-one? That's been my genuine approach since day one when I first started interviewing people. And again, maybe if I was looking for the sensational clip or try to push them to talk about something they normally wouldn't or get them to get angry and storm out of the room, Maybe I'd be further along in my media career. I would have done this or that, but that's not what I want. You know, I'm not doing it for that. I don't want to sacrifice what I believe to be important for the sake of a bunch of shit that really doesn't matter at the end of the day. You know, Um, I don't know. I I just believe in like, I just, I'm more so than believe in, I'm scared at the fact that we as human beings in the modern era have sort of, lost our ability to like be human at the end of the day and also recognize the humanity in one another um it's just kind of crazy 
But that's a, another conversation for another time. Anyway, uh, that's it for our nonsense for this last week. We'll talk about something positive because we damn well need it in our Mijente segment. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. All right, so quick little, like, nice, short positive story here which i like you have camilla cabello joining forces with her abuela which is beautiful and her mother to raise awareness about mental health right so they're joining forces to grow her business and launch the soda brand alipop right and this is all according to we are 
Uh, Cabello is taking her involvement with the company to a new level, promoting a healthier alternative to traditional soda, which can help transform people's physical and mental health for the better. Uh, Camilla spoke to Fortune magazine about seeing this brand as a part of her mission to support people with mental health issues. Quote, heavy sugar consumption and the ingredients in traditional sodas are super unhealthy and too much unhealthy eating leads to serious health problems, including mental health problems, the singer explained. Now, this is piggybacks off. If you haven't checked it out, I, I think this episode we dropped on Tuesday about healthy eating was amazing. But my guest Natalie was talking about this, that the things that you ingest, the shitty food, does have an effect on your mental health as well. And it's important to keep that in mind. Now, Camilla has uh, said that her involvement with Olipop is not only a business venture, but also a way to promote healthy living and mental health awareness. In an interview with uh, The Independent, she opened up about her struggles with anxiety and how she copes with it, saying, quote, anxiety is something I've been dealing with since I was a kid. I was the type of kid who would worry about things that didn't make sense. Over time, I've learned different ways to deal with it. Meditation helps me a lot, and therapy helps me a lot, too. And it goes on to say, Camila Cabello also believes that healthy eating and exercise are essential for maintaining good mental health. She told Elle, quote, I always feel better after working out or eating well. I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. I try to make time for that every day. I love the idea that like we're trying to do better and when we're put in a position where we can potentially be of influence for people to do better, that is what certain people are doing. That's what she's doing here. And obviously, it's a business and they're going to profit and things like that. But I think saying that, yeah, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm going to invest in something, but I'm also going to do it with the intention of it being a business that is also good for people, right? And I think that's even is like another bridge from the conversation we were having about humanity, where it's like, I think we can have it both ways. We can be successful financially and run businesses and do these things and not at the same time be a detriment to society as a whole, right? Like this is an example of that. And we don't know how it's going to do and how people are going to take to it. That's an incredibly competitive space, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, the idea that, okay, I'm investing in this business and, and again, it's going to hopefully bring in a profit, but it's also a business that I can proudly say is like making the world just a little bit better potentially, right? And I, that's I, that's kind of like my mindset in life. And, and I just think that that is something that universally should be taught. Like, I don't think, capitalism in general is is bad i think it's like when it becomes unethical is when it's bad right but i think ethical capitalism where we're saying hey we live in a country where you have endless amount of potential to to make money but let's just also you know remember that while we're doing that we have other people that are existing on this planet with us that are coexisting let's try and take care of them and let's try and you know use our creativity and our business acumen to not only make money but also to potentially just make this world a little bit better. Like, is it that fucking hard? It shouldn't be that hard. But sadly, that's just not the culture. That's not the societal norm that we've grown up in. And I don't know. I, I just think that's really like what I want to just fucking start driving home. I, I, I've been, that's been like the messaging on my mind as of late. It's just this idea of like just disrupting societal norms and like recognizing that we can have it both ways, even though we've been lied to, to think that like, it's just this dog dog world out here. And, you know, uh, either you're the, predator or the prey you know it's like it doesn't have to be that way it really doesn't have to be that way but you know well i don't know we'll, we'll figure something out hopefully anybody listening to this podcast i think we're all on the same page so as long as we're, we're coming together and building i think we'll we'll be okay and hopefully little by little we can pass this message on down man now with that said uh let's let's tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow because after this you know your boy's about to go just 
crash on the the couch and um, visit his friend Nyquil, you know, for the day. That's that's what's about to happen. So we will tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call conclusions too. All right, so we have these these couple bills happening in Texas, um, particularly Texas. I think is interesting because it's a state that has long talked about the idea of like you know freedom, American rights, the Constitution. We got our guns here, all this type of shit. And I think, and and obviously has been home to some horrific shootings, even incredibly recently when we saw that um, strip mall in, uh, in in Allen, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm happy to see that lawmakers on both sides are doing this. You got to give credit where credits due. These are bills being introduced by both sides, which is what we need. And I think it's a credit to the protests, the people speaking up about it. And my hope is that this will force the hand of somebody like Greg Abbott, who has talked about not wanting to do, um, you know, sweeping gun reform or whatever the case may be, where if he's getting hit with these bills and his fellow lawmakers in Texas are writing this and it's both sides of the aisle, it's, it's, you know, bipartisan. And this is what the people are protesting for. His hand eventually has to be forced or else I don't see how he could think he's going to be reelected or look in a positive way on a national on a national scale at all. So we'll see what happens again. You know, these people have been pretty shameless, but I am optimistic to see that lawmakers seem to be listening on both sides um, to what the people are, are asking for. And they are trying to do their job, which I, I genuinely do appreciate. Now, Ron DeSantis is just a whole nother case. I, I dove into that. I don't want to. I don't want to like harp on it because it just puts me in a bad mood. But just in general, the lack of humanity there is what really fucking scares me. It's the idea that that part about immigrants going to a hospital now they have to um, have the hospital has to inquire about their status here in this country, and of course that's going to mean that immigrants can be scared to go to the hospital in Florida. And again, when we have a country where the maternal death rate is higher than it should be in a developed country. What's going to happen? You're going to have potentially mothers giving birth and they're going to be too scared to go to the hospital and they're going to try to do it at home. And you're going to have people who have ailments and sicknesses and they're going to go to backdoor, back alley doctors. And you're just putting people's lives at risk. And regardless of what you feel politically and what you feel about immigration and what should or shouldn't be uh, done here in this country, I don't see how you could be so cold to just throw humanity to the side and forget that these are human beings. That's it's. It's really fucking scary, and this is why we need to to vote at the end of the day. And I know that it's not the sexiest thing in the world. It's not going to make the quickest change, but it's like um, I guess that I had on you know a few times. Hector Osagueta says like, when we vote right now, we're not voting for our immediate future. We're voting for the generations to come. You know, the world that will exist um, over the next decades. You know, that's what we're building, and it's frustrating and it's incredibly slow. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm pissed off about it too, but the alternative is more people like Ron DeSantis getting put in power who, again, are more interested in their own political careers than they are the lives of other human beings. And that's a really fucking scary thing. So we need to, to show up with our vote regardless of where we live and make sure that people like this are not put into power, um, to, to man, just destroy this world as we know it. It's really sad. Now, uh, this other thing with um, Becky G, the paparazzi, I'll, I'll keep it quick. I mean, I, I just think what I brought up about it is 
again, it's our obsession with all the wrong things. We are so obsessed with celebrity that we literally then throw humanity out the window, right? Just like Ron DeSantis is obsessed with his political gains, he throws humanity out the window. And us, in this culture that we have, we are force-fed so much nonsense and it's programmed us, you know, to obsess over the, the dumbest fucking things. And you can think about it in its simplest form. You have a girl who's 20-something years old, just got off a plane, and is being hounded by a bunch of grown men and a bunch of people sticking phones in her face and asking her the most personal questions about her life. Like, that just sounds so crazy. And again, you are a celebrity. You signed up for people to have some sort of vantage point into your life. But do we have to really throw humanity out the window just because of the career choice that you chose, just because you are talented and that talent got you, you know, in front of a lot of people? And again, it's like, the, uh, kind of it's a reach, but what I've recognized is I'm on like a 90-day sprint. I'm working towards a very specific goal. And what I've recognized is that the days that I'm very hyper-focused on what I'm ingesting as far as content goes, those are the days where like my ideas are just fucking like, I can't, I can't write them fast enough. They're just pouring out of me and I'm inspired and I'm trying new things. And the days where I just am like mindlessly watching TV and, and not ingesting anything of substance, I'm okay with binging the same stupid show for in a, you know, a few hours. And I'm not really getting much done. My point being that we've been programmed by societal norms to take in fast food culture. And that's the food we eat, but it's also the content that we take in, right? And of course, you're allowed to, you know, you want to just unwind after a long week, a long day. Yeah, watch a, you know, your favorite show or whatever it is. I'm not saying like you can't have that balance, but what I'm saying is too much of the nonsense taking it in via your Instagram feed, via what you watch on TV for four hours a day, um, you know, too much of that. Like it's, it's just rotting you away from what actually matters. It's moving your attention towards things that don't actually matter or, or help you progress as a human being. You know, if you think about like with that same example I gave you, if humanity popularized education and, you know, content that inspires and that was like the norm on TV, our society would be so much further along than it actually is, you know? So just food for thought, things to keep in mind. Like I know it's easy to say, oh, it's just Instagram. It's just like TV, but when you're spending hours and hours each day with those things, it becomes more than just that. And and what you're looking at begins to subconsciously infiltrate your mind in a positive or a negative way. So something to keep in mind. Uh, and last thing, this whole thing with Camila Cabello with this uh, new drink and it's a focus on mental health. I'm here for it. Again, I don't think capitalism necessarily is bad. I think ethical capitalism is what we have to focus on. And I love that she's doing things like this where, yeah, she has you know a business that she wants to build, she wants to invest, wants to create generational wealth. But at the same time as recognizing I can do that while also providing a positive um, product out there, right? A product that adds to society rather than takes away from it. And I just think that that's more of the mindset that we have to develop in this country, right? We've been taught this like dog eat dog world that, you know, if you're not the predator, you're the prey type of shit. And it doesn't have to be that way, right? We can still find financial success while creating companies or creating products um, or ideas that are of substance and are beneficial to humankind rather than the detriment of them, right? It, it, it's just this lie that we've been fed. It's easier to destroy than it is to truly like have to create in a way of, um, you know, how do I make money while also helping people? That's a little bit more of a difficult conversation. And most people just want the easy route. And that's why we kind of are in the culture that we are where people like Ron DeSantis feel comfortable with um, being so cold to the idea of someone's humanity and safety. And, and that's just normal, you know, uh, it's normalized. Nobody's really calling them out in a crazy way like that. So anyway, that's my, my food for thought. I'm dying over here. 
Um, I'm having a day. I'm actually, I'm going to give you some insight here. I don't know what the fuck kind of day I'm having. My camera uh, shut off halfway through recording. Somehow that I think that SD card got filled. Um, and then my computer that I record the uh, microphone on died like right towards the end. So I had to re-record my conclusions too. Um, so while also being on my deathbed right now. So your boy is hurting and I'm just going to lay out on the couch right now for the day. And my buddy Nyquil is going to join me. And, and that's that. I, I deserve this. I'm hurting right now. But I appreciate y'all for listening. Um, if you want to be a part of the Just Be Social Club, like I said, the waiting list is open. Email brenda at mindofayounglord.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, we'll include you in certain things as we continue to build it out. And then eventually, when we build out that second group, you'll be the first to know. So I appreciate y'all um, trying to trying to help everybody grow, you know, one, one little project at a time. And that's it. I'm going to go to sleep. I appreciate y'all. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.